0: Hey, Welcome to New Hope Underground. And we are back. Come on, Tyler, do it. Yeah,
1: we're back.
0: <laughs> we are back. This is the uh, kind of like second episode, if you will. Yeah. Uh, of uh, Summer on the Mount. Yeah. And we are talking about Matthew chapter 5. Coming in hot. Uh, did, you have, did you and uh, Lindsay have fun with your, uh, yeah. your episode there? We did, yeah. How'd they go? I mean I didn't I haven't had a chance to listen to them. I'm going to, but I haven't no,
1: I feel like it went well. She she enjoyed it. She always has she always has interesting insights that I just like never would think of. She like notices parts of the text that I'm like wouldn't even think to it's just funny how you can gloss over certain things. Wow. She's like, Well, what about this word? And I'm like, huh? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no illustration there to marriage at all. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. We meet each other. Oh,
0: that's awesome. Yeah, uh Tyler and Lindsay just talked about the Beatitudes. Yeah and Jesus kind of get kind of kicking off the sermon on on the mount series. And one thing we had mentioned uh when we were talking about the overview. If you go back you there's also an overview we were talking about yeah. the whole summer on the mount series and kind of what we're going to be getting into. And one of the things we talked about was how it's possible, you know, that Matthew uh took these teachings of Jesus that maybe they didn't all happen at the same time like one sermon. Right. It's possible it was one sermon. Yeah. But also it could be that he just kind of uh, arranged the material in a way from things that he had been remembering. But obviously they were in the front forefront of Matthew's yeah. mind.
1: That is very possible yeah. that a lot of these teachings were taught multiple times. It, like as he went from village to village, he's probably teaching similar things over and over again. Right. Because otherwise it's like there's the one village that got to hear about adultery and mm-hmm. no one else ever did. <laughs> <laughs> like that you know that doesn't make sense like it would make sense that many of these are just very simple like pithy memorable things that it's possible he would have talked about a lot of this stuff in different places he'd gone yeah it's
0: really interesting because at the beginning of the sermon on the mount we get uh, uh this idea that he stops and speaks to his disciples he went on in verse one and then later on at the end of the sermon on the mount i think we get an idea where it says "and the crowds Heard, you know, we're listening, right? Yeah, we're
1: amazed at his teaching. Yeah,
0: verse uh, 29 of chapter 7, right? Chapter, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's like you almost wonder. 28 and 29, the
0: crowds were astonished at his teaching. So you get a little bit of both.
1: It's almost like one of those things of like, maybe what began with him just having a conversation with his disciples and people started filtering in little by little to where, like by the time he was done, there was like a whole crowd. It's almost like some sort of famous musician like, Ed Sheeran or something starts like just jamming on the guitar like (laughs) down in the like New York York City subway or something. And it's like just slowly over time, like a whole crowd starts to form. So by the end of it, he's got a whole audience that he didn't have at the beginning. You wonder
0: how many times that did happen. Sure. I mean, probably probably often. Yeah. And I think that definitely happened. I also think it could be that if this material, if this some parts of the sermon were happening at one time and then another time, it could be that. Yeah, there were times we just spoke to the disciples, and times that the whole crowds were there. Yeah, know? or like you said, the crowds just kind of build, build as well.
1: Yeah, for and, sure. And if
0: it is one sermon, then that's exactly what happened. So it's we, you know we don't know 100, percent but either way, whether or not Jesus taught this from beginning to finish as it is, or whether or not you know Matthew can kind of arrange something, it, there's 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 a reason why he starts off with the beatitudes. Yeah. Can you? I hate. I'm putting you on the spot. But why do you think he starts off with the beatitudes? Because this is key to the passage we're going to look at today, which is five seventeen through twenty. But uh, why do you think why why the beatitudes as a as a as a beginning?
1: Yeah, Uh, I mean, I mean, I allude to that a little bit, like in my the previous week's message, where and I think this connects back to in in Matthew four twenty three. This is just a few verses before the Sermon on the Mount starts. Where it says, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. And he's confirming it with signs and wonders and healings and stuff like that. But he's proclaiming, saying the kingdom of God has come. Like, that's 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 the gospel. I mean, a lot of times we talk about, like, what is the gospel? The gospel is the announcement that the kingdom of God has come. Like, in and through the life and teaching and death and resurrection of Jesus. And soon to be. I mean, at this point, he'd not died or risen But he's announcing it ahead of time, like through me, the kingdom is coming, like has come and is coming. And so that's when I talk about, I mean, which was funny. I was even just talking with a few people like within our congregation of just saying, Man, I've never viewed the, like, they always did view the Beatitudes as commands you were supposed to keep. Try to be like these groups of people. Right. And, I mean, there's some truth of that. Like, yeah, sure, you want to, you aspire to be pure and hard or aspire to, you know, whatever. But it's like some of them that doesn't make sense, like, to mourn. Or to be persecuted, you're not supposed to try to be persecuted or try to mourn. Yeah, so and, to see, I don't want to seek that out. <laughs> and so it's almost like the at least the beginning, which it seems like it might pervade. I mean, in some ways, especially where you go, you go with your message. It pervades into the whole sermon. Is it this began as an announcement of good news, mm-hmm. the announcement of something new? Yes, where he's saying the kingdom of this is what all not to like step on the toes, but no. what all the law and the prophets was pointing toward. Yes, all along this kingdom that the Jews have been waiting for for centuries has finally come. So, man, congratulations to these groups who feel like the world's definition of success says they're a failure. He's like, that's about to be turned upside down. Yeah. So he starts out literally just saying like, man, this is good news. And here's why it's good.
0: One thing I was saying you were in uh, Newton preaching so the effingham campus i was actually saying in the worship transition i was talking about how we jesus turned things upside down Mm. but really we're the ones that are upside down yeah it's really right side up (laughs) he's turning yeah and i was just using that as a yeah but no but that's that's true but
1: according to the world like the majority right now it seems upside down but it's actually the way things were supposed to be. It right. is actually right side. He up. came
0: to correct, you yeah. know, so to bring fulfillment. So.
1: And that's where like, cause then yeah. Lindsay and I went on to talk about even into the verses 13 through 16 about salt and light of saying, man as, as you begin to receive this good news and your life begins to conform to this different definition of success in the world of who is blessed. You can't help but look different to be different and make a difference in the world so that's excellent so that really leads the reason i asked
0: that because that leads in so well to now this why i think it, it is you know jesus spoke it this way or matthew arranged it this way either yeah. way it's on purpose because it leads into our verses for this sermon that i'm going to be preaching on this next sunday which is 17 through 20 yeah uh, let's go ahead and read those since it's kind of a short passage anyway sure just so everybody has an idea of what we're talking about do you mind
1: You want me to read it? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. 17 through 20. Yeah, Matthew 5, 17 through 20. Do not think I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven.
0: Awesome. Now, here's the thing. I... This is, there's only a few verses here Mm -hmm. and it's tough to us to do this podcast in my head anyway, talking about, you know, kind of a, some background information, uh, without getting into the sermon itself, you know, (laughs) because there's there's so few things going on here. But what I want to do is I want to kind of set the stage for the issues that are in this, these verses, because honestly, these are fairly highly controversial verses. Yeah. Uh, A lot of people have had different interpretations, Mm. different ideas of what's going on here.
1: Wait, wait, hold on a second. Are you (laughs) telling me that people in the past have disagreed on the Bible? I know. And it sounds ridiculous. I scoff at that. Scoff. (laughs) (laughs) Scoff
0: one more time. Scoff. There you go. Thank you for scoffing. But I think the thing is, it's (laughs) hard to believe, isn't it? (laughs) In fact, if, if anybody listens to us on a regular basis or hangs around us, you should realize sarcasm is just a part It's a, <laughs> part spiritual, of who we are. It's a spiritual gift. <laughs> exactly. So um, when you look at this, though, it's, I want us to think, first of all, in what you just talked about, mm. the coming of the kingdom. Yeah. You know, Jesus coming to make things new. Mm. That's very important when we listen to these words in 17 through 20, because he's talking about old things. <laughs> but we need to keep in mind He's come to make things new, mm-hmm. so that's one thing I think. So what I want to do is, I want to kind of show some of the issues that are at stake here in these verses. Yeah. Not necessarily try to give an interpretation, mm-hmm. because sure. that's what's going to happen in the sermon. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> because I'm gonna I'm gonna basically do the best I can to give an interpretation of what we think is true to what I you know what I think contextually is going on here. So. Here are some of the issues. And listen to these words uh, when he says, uh, do not think that I have come to abolish the law and the prophets. We say law and the prophets mean the Old Testament. Yeah. You know, Pentateuch, uh, the Torah, Mm. uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and then also the prophets, which is pretty much the rest of the... Now, a lot of times you hear uh, the writings also put in there because that refers to... Um, In the, you know, ancient Hebrew Bible, Old Testament, that refers to the uh, wisdom literature, like Psalms, Proverbs, and so forth. Does that
1: include, this is a question, not me pretending like I'm asking a question, but making a statement. Does that include the historical books when it says writings?
0: Uh, No, I, I believe the law, well, that's a good question. I think that's correct. Yeah, I think you're right. So they wouldn't necessarily be well. The prophets. A lot of the historical books are the times of the prophets as well. Some of the unwritten, yeah. the, the prophets that don't write. I mean, that's that was
1: genuine curiosity. Yeah, I think there's an overlap, to okay, be honest, sure.
0: because they cover a lot of the, the lives of the prophets and words of the prophets that didn't write books, right? Like Elijah, Elisha, and so forth. There are a lot more than that. Yeah, but yeah, I think there's an overlap there. But I, when you see law and the prophets, though, most of the time in the in contextually, if I understand in the, in the Bible, we're talking about the Old Testament. Yeah, uh, Luke actually uses the word writings in uh, as well, mm. but either way, uh, we're talking about the fact that Jesus is saying, and here's here, here's what's at stake here. All right, what does the word abolish mean exactly? What does he mean by that? Mm. And what is the word uh, not to abolish them but to fulfill them? Yeah, that's really key. And how you define the word fulfill actually puts you on a course that has a lot of logical implications for it. Yeah. Here's what I, here's what I mean by that. Uh, let's say that I, I think that the word fulfilled just means that he came to, uh, to obey it. <laughs> and that's, that's all it means. Uh, that has a different implication than if I think the word fulfill has other connotations, mm. uh, meaning like to, to bring out the full meaning of the yeah. old Testament. Or, you know, so in other words, I know that sounds like we're splitting hairs, but I don't think so, you know, because let's put it this way. I'll tell you what's at stake here as we kind of look through this, because he says that, you know, he says that uh, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass away from the law that's all accomplished. And again, how do you interpret what's passed away, all that, but also when all has been accomplished, what's accomplished? Yeah. See, so the way you interpret that, Mm. also has impact on what he means by this. And whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. I mean, so again, well, least, who's that? What does that mean? Uh, relaxes, what does that mean? So a lot
1: of wordplay here that we're going to have to straighten out if we're going to get to some interpretation. Yeah, to me, verse 19 is has been quite terrifying Of what exactly that means.
0: Yes, go ahead and
1: expand. What do you mean? I mean, just that idea of like setting aside one of the least of these commands. Of like, what does that mean? What are the least of these commands and what does it mean to set them aside? Yeah. I mean, because a lot of what uh, big, and this is kind of what you're alluding to is, I mean, some of these are meta questions. Big, yes, big picture, overarching questions of how do we understand the Old Testament in relation to the new? Right. And Old Covenant in relation to the new? Because it seems like Jesus is saying things around that. And the Old Testament in relation to Jesus. Yeah. Because
0: that's a big question. Because if you were to take, here's what's at stake here. Because if you were to take possible interpretations, one way or the other, one way you would interpret this then is that we need to do every little thing that's in the, in the law. Yeah, in the Old Testament, even today, yeah, that is, and so us in a, you know a non denominational church in the middle of America, we've got it wrong. We're big time wrong. Yeah, because so I don't know about you, but I'm not very kosher.
1: <laughs> and you see the, what I'm saying, and, or or and, any of the little laws. Think about every little bitty law. And there are Messianic Jews. There are some, not all Messianic Jews, but there are some Messianic Jews, like Jew, Jews who have accepted Jesus as Messiah, who practice that. Yeah. Like they think they think the law is still binding uh binding on them. Which is interesting even as just coming out of the greater movement series like looking at the story in Acts 12. Yes. of of saying which then leads to Acts 15. Or I'm sorry, you preached on Acts 12. Right. It was, I'm thinking of Acts 10. 11 10 mm-hmm. of Cornelius. Yes. and it's like them receiving the spirit without being circumcised without necessarily following the law. I mean, I think Cornelius was considered a god-fearer, yes, who observed certain aspects of the law but had not actually technically converted to Judaism, was not circumcised. There's just certain elements of it that he just they didn't like Gentiles who were god-fearers did not. And yet they make the decision in Acts 15 uh Hey, these are the only things that are binding on them, that they don't need to be circumcised, they don't need to keep all of the law. He just names just a few things. And Yeah, so that's even Would
0: the apostles then come to the understanding then that they they don't need to be Jewish. They don't need to follow these laws. Yeah. In that in that regard. Yeah. In order to be Christians. Yeah. So what happened? And see that that in and of itself would disagree with this interpretation.
1: Yeah. And I think that's key, the the interpretation of it interpretation of the idea that we are to keep every single little iota of the law because i can think of commands in the old testament that i set aside that i would probably consider lesser yeah that i don't think for i mean for various reasons which i think i think i could make good arguments why i don't think they're binding food laws for example i mean even cusher's which i'm trying to think which and maybe more than one gospel where he you know jesus talks about it's not what goes inside of goes inside of you that makes you unclean but it's what comes out yes because what goes inside of you goes down goes into your stomach and passes out of your body jesus was giving a science lesson on the digestive system right but it's saying what, what comes out comes out of the heart and there's actually a commentary in might is it mark's gospel where it says and in saying so jesus declared all foods clean yes yes yeah yep. so it's like right there like yep did he just loose the yeah, the yeah, he did. the ceremonial so That
0: seems contradictory as well yeah and what about that but are, what about the times when the eating in the fields and the washing of hands and and Jesus says and healing the man on the sabbath i mean which which one are the pharisee laws which ones are the real laws and it just gets so confusing it yeah. seems like and this text is a is kind of what i'm saying this is a tough text because if you were to if you're to kind of play it out this way then why aren't we modern day christians behaving like ancient Jews mm. when it comes to all those laws. It's because we don't necessarily believe that interpretation and with good reason. Yeah. All right. And when, the, when we set the stage here, RT France says it the best. So I'm just going to say what he said. And then maybe we can, <laughs> Tara and I can try to explain what RT France just said a little bit. Cause yeah. it's a little thick, but it's, it's good. Now here's the question at stake is to whether these words abolish and fulfill and, and accomplish and all these things, it's whether these words affirm the permanent validity of the details of the Old Testament law as regulations. That's exactly what we were saying. Yeah, is there a permanent validity to tell this? Yeah, or this is the or whether they express more generally the God given authority of the Old Testament without specifying just how it's applicable in the new situation introduced in the coming of Jesus. Mm. He said, that's the question at hand. Yeah. And I think he's right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so now, obviously, I mean, if you know us and know our theology and what we've been talking about, you you know we're going to lean more towards the second half of that yeah. <laughs> statement. But why do we lean towards the second half of that statement? And what impact does it have on the rest of the Sermon on the Mount? Yeah. Because this is foundational. See, uh, when you get into uh, the very next uh, passage, we get into anger. He starts off verse 27. You have heard it was said... You know, but basically I say, but I say to you, verse uh, 22. Mm. And we're going to find several of these now through the Sermon on the Mount. You heard it was said, but I say to you. But guess what? 17 through 20 doesn't start that way. Yeah. So in other words, this is a part of, in my opinion, the Beatitudes and verses 17 through 20 then are, are this foundation that's been laid here for us to be able to interpret or understand what's going on. As Jesus calls out in his own authority, Mm. not what other people have done, not what you've been taught even by the lawmakers, but what I tell you. Yeah. So, what's happened? Mm. Because I thought we were supposed to obey every little bands to the law. See, see, and not only that, but who gave Jesus that authority and so forth and so forth. So, we got a lot to question there before we. So, when we get into, when we hear things like uh, anger and and in uh, and, and murder, and, and lust, and adultery. and those, When we get into all these other passages, I think it's going to make a lot more sense, or at least if we can straighten out the foundation here of what's going on with verses 17 through 20. So this is kind of a key. In fact, I'm getting more intimidated as I'm studying. Because, oh, absolutely. You know, <laughs> because it seems like a real key uh, to uh, the rest of this. So that, that makes sense to you, what uh, France was saying?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think that is the key question of like trying to determine like, the specificities of the binding, you know, the bindingness, the lasting bindingness, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know any other way to say it, of the of the specifics of of the Old Testament law versus is there a general, I you know, general authority or general, more of a general binding, which I mean, and it's hard, it's hard because my, my mind is going like five different directions because I'm thinking of other texts yeah. where, where, I mean, one, I'm thinking of things Jesus himself says later where he's asked, what's the greatest command in the law? How do you read it? And he makes this really interesting statement because he says, you know, not surprisingly to love the Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength is the greatest commandment of all. And the second is like it, which even that language he was, he wasn't even placing that a second. He was saying almost that the, the second interprets the first. Yeah. That they're, they're, they're almost interchangeable that they, you can't really have one without the other. And it's to love your neighbor as yourself. And he says, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. It's mm-hmm. so like, he's even making an interesting statement about the law and using that same phrase of the mm-hmm. law and the prophets. Yeah. And that's kind of a colloquial term for the old, the old Testament scriptures as a whole. Right. Essentially. Yeah, exactly. Um, because then I'm even thinking, and sorry, I don't mean to get off on these no, other no, scriptures, man. but it just makes me think of it. then in Romans 13, Paul interprets what Jesus says there. Like this is almost a commentary on what Jesus says about loving God and loving people is the fulfillment of the law, mm-hmm. that all the law and the prophets hang on it. This is uh, Romans 13, uh, 8 through 10, where it says, let no, de- let no debt remain outstanding except the continual debt the continuing debt to love one another, for whoever loves has fulfilled the law. Now, this I'm looking at the English Bible.
0: Wait, what was that again? Where, where, where are we at? Romans
1: 13. Romans 13. 8 through 10. 8. Where it says, whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. Now, I don't have my Greek New Testament in front of me, but I'm going to guess it's probably the same word that Jesus uses in the... plural C. But then he, he names it, and this is where Jesus kind of teases this out. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other command there may be are summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. And there's that word again.
0: Yeah, it's. I think we're, I'm just afraid to get in too much because I want to, Hopefully, this, uh, this this is just some background of what goes into making of the sermon. If you yeah, want something sure. else, and I hope that you listen to the sermon because I I think that we're going to be able to at least give some options here, some yeah. interpretational option to what exactly he's referring to. Because, but I think the key is this: I think the key is what he means by fulfill. Mm. I really do, and I think the other key is uh, what he means by your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees, which is verse twenty. Mm. Uh, because he's and that's a
1: very shaping statement for the rest of the Sermon on the Mount. Yes, like very shaping for it.
0: Yeah, because it's setting up a comparison, and I really believe in my head. And I'm I'm not saying I've got it all figured out. It's just in my head. I think that there's a there's two things he's doing with this statement of unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees are in the kingdom of heaven. One is kind of is I think kind of tongue in cheek. Mm. Because I think what he's he's making a comment about the Pharisees and their idea of righteousness.
1: Mm. Oh yeah, I could see that. And then the other side is to set it straight of saying, "No, really, what it, is it?" It really, it does it really have, is a righteousness. It do, it's funny because it's almost like in a, in a very pithy way, in a very small, I mean, condensed way, he's saying, "You know, you have to surpass the righteousness which." technically isn't hard to do because they're not inwardly righteous. They're just outwardly appear to be righteous. But also in doing so, he's saying there you need to actually not not only do you sorry, I'm I'm, I'm trying to gather my thoughts That's on this. Right. It's such a, right. a it's a it's a deep thing that is just like hitting me. That not only do you have to surpass their righteousness, he's gonna show you have to surpass their how you think they're righteous. Yes. See, there's, there's, there's a two-edged
0: sword here. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. Because I think I think he's using their own idea of righteousness.
1: It's the reality and the perception. Right. And he's talking about both. I think
0: what he's saying is you can't do it on one side. You cannot surpass. If you think of the Pharisees, and they obeyed every single little law and everything they did. I'm not saying their hearts were right. Yeah. I'm saying they outwardly.
1: They it's kept, like he says in the woes. Outwardly, you look like yeah, you've kept the letter of the law, yeah, but not the spirit of the law. So
0: outwardly, if you cannot surpass them with that, so you 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 never gonna you are not gonna earn your way to heaven, mm. you know. But at the same time, there really is a real righteousness. Mm. There is real righteousness to be obtained, but it's 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 not the way that they're
1: obtained. It's not going to be through outward, yeah. Like an out just simply an outward
0: Then he goes on to explain. Yeah. Specifically by utilizing and explaining these interpretations of the law as to what he means in the new era.
1: Yeah. The kingdom of Jesus. For example Anger, which yes. not not to not to step on <laughs> who's preaching Van. Van. I was gonna it's not not to step on because Van's gonna be covering that, but giving that example of you have heard it said, do not murder. You think like gosh a majority of us uh check that box. It's
0: Ten Commandment.
1: Yeah, it's a Ten Commandment. One of the ten, I mean most people have not murdered someone. Yeah. Like kill t- taken the life of another. Fortunately
0: individual. I don't struggle with that one. <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly. And so that took me a second because I, I was thinking like, did you like low-key just admit you killed someone? <laughs> no, it's a do not strike. Yeah, I was going to say I had to run it back through my head. I was like, oh, no, okay. He did because I just got a little scared because you're between me and the door right now. Yeah. So I was a little scared. But then to say, no, no, it's actually even hating your brother in your heart. Right. Like that's the same as killing him. Like, boy, if that doesn't elevate things... Yeah, I don't know what does. Anyway, I don't mean to touch into that because I know he's gonna go more in depth than that in his message.
0: And, and there's such an element of <clears throat> with the coming of the new that's huge in this in this statement. And we're gonna we're gonna talk about that in the sermon because I I I just I want you to understand the I guess I want everybody to understand this podcast the tensions in the background of the tensions of what's going on here uh, when it comes to. Uh, this text because i'm not gonna be able to explain all that too well i don't think in a sermon but i think the one thing what we'll be able to do is try to set us straight because i guess overall my my prayer is that we kind of get through with this section that everybody's going to be ready to hear the rest
1: Mm, yeah
0: with the right heart i mean it is kind of
1: teeing up the right ears teeing up the rest of the sermon to to focus more on the heart Right in the in the in, inward dimension. Are we are we ready behavior? to shed our own legalism? Yeah. To listen to Jesus. That's really really good. Yeah.
0: Well, hey, thanks, Tyler. Hey, absolutely. And uh, I appreciate you being my special guest. Yeah. Even though <laughs> I need to have my wife on sometime. I'll I'll, I'll have her on the uh, maybe I'll have her on the next one. But hey, thanks for joining us and uh, and keep tuning in to New Hope Underground. All right. See you guys and